I think it's going to be uh, Inter, Juve. Inter first? You see? My guy. What do you mean? Look, look, look. I love this you guy. See, he <laughs> said he likes to say this, but he doesn't predict it officially because he's I too scared. No, no, I'm not scared. I know. I still think Juve going to win. I know. It, but I want Inter to win it, you know, for the sake of the Serie A, okay, more competitive. Keep going. keep going. Okay, go. Inter, Juve. Inter, Juve, Napoli. Yeah, I Roma. Forgot. I just forgot. Roma don't like it. I probably put Lazio. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Italian Football TV. A different look right now. We got my dad. We got Gaetano back from Italy. A nice little trip from uh, from Sicily. And then um, at the Fiorentina game, you saw an unbelievable Fiorentina-Napoli. So welcome back. How was your trip, first of all? Great, great. Um, I went to Sicily for uh, for a few days. Uh, nice weather and good food. I ate so much cannoli and gelato. <laughs> oh, my stomach. Sounds good. I'm hiding my stomach right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're making us jealous. And of course, the cookies. Uh, the Sicilian oh, yeah. cookies. You brought us some back. Yeah, uh, I, I brought, brought some, some back. back. Always thinking of us. And then, yeah, then we went to Firenze. I spent a couple of days in Firenze. Uh, we went to, invited by Joe Barone. We went to see the game. Like Peter? Uh, yeah, Peter, believe it or not, I didn't see him. You ran into him? Even no. better, right? <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to get together after the, uh, the game, but then uh, you know, I was a little bit disappointed. The result was a great game. But the result was uh, a bit disappointed at the end. So we kind of, after the game, uh, instead of uh, having a nice uh, get-together party type of thing, everybody kind of went their way. So uh, too bad because uh, the first half hour the Fiorentina play was uh, amazing. They put pressure. They won every ball. They had the chances to score. But then we know at the end what the result was. So... Good luck to uh, Commisso and to Joe. It's going to be tough. It's the first year. They pl they change a lot of players. They have a lot of new players. So before you put everything together, it's going to take some time. Yeah. And then starting with Napoli and Juventus, the next game is Juventus. Um, and the first three games, it's not it's not easy. It's not an easy start. But maybe they can do something good against um, you know in the next couple of games. Yeah, I think their their goal is going to be top 10. And I think that they, we saw good signs. Like, the first 30 minutes, they were unbelievable against Napoli. And then they were pretty unlucky. They were very unlucky to not get a result in that game. Very, very unlucky. But I think you saw probably what could be one of the best games of the, the, yeah. the year. And especially, um, yeah, with Mertens, uh, it, everybody saw that it was not a penalty. So that hurt it a little bit. Uh, actually, at halftime, you sent me yeah, uh, the video that uh, uh, he dove, that Mertens dove, and I sh showed it to Joe Barone, and uh, actually I lost my phone for the next uh, 15 <laughs> minutes because he, he, was, he kept showing he the showed, whole video. <laughs> he, yeah, he showed it to everybody, which was yeah. the right thing, you yeah. know. Yeah. It, it, was not a, it was not a penalty. And... Um, I sent you a good angle on that one, too. Yeah, I made sure. yeah, it was good. 
And uh, we're going to talk about later about the VAR, or you want to... Yeah, we'll yeah, talk we'll about talk it later. About we'll later. talk about it later. Okay, so later we'll talk about the VAR good. And, and the controversy. It seemed like your trip was... Uh, you and I, you went to a good game. I'm happy that you ended up going. Even though the result, I don't think it's as bad because like I was saying, the outlook is that Fiorentina could have a really good season. Mm. That Fiorentina last year, they would never have scored three goals against Napoli. They would never have put up a fight like that. I think that's more, they played amazing. That's more yeah. of the storyline at yeah, the end sure. of the day. Um, but anyway, we're good. We don't have Antonio. We know Antonio's back in body. He's sending us um, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of crazy videos <laughs> all the way from body. Dad, you missed so many crazy predictions from Antonio <laughs> on the show. Him and Ludovico, they almost uh, killed each other a couple more times when, uh, when, uh, when they were on. Uh, anything crazy off the top of our head that he said? He brought up, again, 90% of the penalties are shot in the middle. Remember, he, he said that after um, who went in the middle the other day. No, it, it was it was some some penalty that they went to the left, but Antonio thought it was the middle, and he kept saying that. Oh, from the first angle, yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Then it changed afterwards. <laughs> it's the the body angle. <laughs> the body <laughs> uh, and his guy, oh, um, the guy Gaetano Castrovilli from Fiorentina, he was really good. Yeah. Antonio says he's forty five million already after the first game. Yeah, no, he's good. He's good. I uh, I followed him uh, because of his name and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he's doing pretty well. But he's 45 million because he's from Bari. Ah, uh, okay. That's, if he was from like uh, Roma or something, 5 million, you know? If he was from Torino, <laughs> oh. he wouldn't even be a good player for, <laughs> for Antonio. But anyway, anyway, we got, uh, we, there was so much that happened. Round two of Serie A, again, goal fest. Napoli, Juventus, and, and so much other. But before we get into, before we get into the podcast, um, I want to remind everybody, next week, one week from today, 9-9-19, September 9th, uh, we have a new drop coming out. The flags that you could see that you guys voted for on our Instagram stories. We've got three versions. This is the first one. And we have another two that are going to be up on the website. This shirt that I'm wearing. Do a Sundays, Sundays are for cultural. On the back. We'll put it up on the screen. Okay. Um, and mugs. And the Sundays are for cultural mugs. So we've got three That's new right. items are dropping. The quantities are pretty limited, especially these shirts. Um, and even on these, these we're never going to be making again. The mugs and this. Um, and same thing in this variant. So September yeah. 9th, 12 p.m., Everything's dropping. And guys, put post notifications on, especially for Instagram at Italian Football TV. Because last time we sold out in a matter of hours and we kept getting DMs if we're going to restock them. We're probably not going to restock them. I think four hours is the last yeah. one stopped. Everybody got so mad at us. The, you know, the Sundays are for cultural. We sold out so quick. We dropped. We went on the flight. And when we came out, they were sold out. So everybody keeps messaging us to, to do them again. So if you want one, make be quick sure with post it. notifications on. Guys, got them early before they're 12 all sold p.m. Out. It'll be 12 p.m. Uh, you guys are doing a good job with this, uh, with the uh, all these items and the t-shirts. I see these t-shirts all over the place. I mean, I saw Douglas Costa yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, with he the t-shirt. I see people on TV with the t-shirts. People go to the soccer games and they, they have uh, the, the the shirt. So. Good job. And a lot yeah. of people knew you from the podcast too, right? You said a few days ago. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I, I, yeah, I get stopped uh, when, <laughs> I, on the, uh, when I go play soccer. says, oh, I, you know, I follow, I follow your son. I follow Mike. He goes, good job. Good. Yeah, That's no, cool. everybody. So if you want anything, the flags, they're, they're huge. They're, they're insane. They're really they're, good quality. They're like good quality, you they're know, crazy. an actual flag. So if you guys go to the games, you got to bring them. Yes. Them, send us some pictures. We're waiting. Uh, we want to see who's going to be the first person to get this on us, TV. Yeah, exactly. Like go to the San Siro, you hang it up and who's going to get on TV. That's cool. nice. So we said the first person who gets that, they're going to get something sent to them. Something yeah, signed. Sure. All right, good. Good some job. Signed players. Anyway, let's go to uh, let's go to the games. We're going to start with Juventus Napoli, I oh think. Oh boy, going starting off with a big bang. I, I I think we kind of have to. Juventus Napoli 4-3, another drama-filled match in Serie A. Juventus were up 3-0 in this game. 
3-0. My prediction before was a tie. I was saying that Napoli were at least going to get a tie. And Napoli ended up getting back into this match. Three goals from three new signings. Of course, one of them had to be freaking Manolas. Um, Why are you saying it like it's a bad Ch- thing? Chucky Lozano, first Mexican player to ever score in the in league, the, by the, the way. Serie, which is incredible. Me that's and Marco still didn't believe it. When he heard the first Mexican player to ever do it. We had to check yeah, that's, a couple yeah, times. A few times. And then uh, Di Lorenzo. Um, and they went 3-3. And then in the 92nd minute, we all saw what happened with Koulibaly, who scored an own oh goal that was just... So harsh. Um, incredible. It was crazy. And Juventus ended up getting away with a 4-3 win. After missing so many chances in the first half, crazy game. Where we're we gonna start? What do you What do you think about the game? Well, the first uh, sixty minutes uh, could have been four nothing, five nothing, uh, and that probably would have sealed the game. But three nothing, and wasn't enough. Uh, it was not enough, and uh, you know the mentality now is different uh, than Allegri. I mean, this would never happen with Allegri. Uh, but the mentality is now different. Uh, I think if you're winning 3 nothing, you're looking for the fourth goal, which they did, but they didn't get it. Uh, so what happens is now uh, Napoli came back, and uh, they came back uh, in a couple of minutes. They scored two goals, and all of a sudden it became a 3-3 game, which the next day, if it remained 3-3, the next day I think the Sarri would have been uh, criticized. But... Unfortunately, Koulibaly is not at his best. Uh, it's probably one of the worst games that I've seen him. Uh, Even for Fiorentina. Uh, he, uh, he made, uh, inside the area, he made the Higuain turn on him and, and score an unbelievable goal, which if he would have been a little bit closer to Higuain, Higuain wouldn't be able to. to so. And then at the end, uh, that was uh, unfortunate, but he's not, uh, he's not in, um, in the best of... Um, uh, shape right now because he came back late from uh yeah from they say that he came back from uh, the the cup in africa and uh, it, it shouldn't be like this and they should uh and uh, for the future they should give the uh the players enough time for them to recuperate yeah. from mm-hmm. uh, before the season starts so those are some of the things but a lot of goals have been scored a lot of mistakes have been uh, made. made by the defenders. So, yeah, they're scoring a lot of goals, which by a lot of, I see a lot of mistakes from the defenders. So, uh, overall, um, I'm not impressed with Napoli after the first two games. I think they have a lot to, uh, to still work on, uh, especially with the center forward. Uh, they have no center forward, so pr- they probably work on that. Uh, with I believe Llorente, they, yeah, I think Llorente yeah, is yeah, done, is a sure done deal. So uh, I'm sure that Ancelotti will look at other uh, tactical um, setups with uh, with Llorente being there. Um, but we'll see. I thought it was I thought it was pretty crazy to be honest. I didn't think it'd be that high scoring. Um, and when I when it went three zero, I didn't think Napoli had didn't, didn't weren't going to come back only because Juve could have like you said Juve could have scored five goals in the first half, and I was like, now it's just going to be a dog I mean, pile. Kedira Kedira was uh, oh, hit, yeah. hit the post, and yeah, it was a, exactly a, a, a one on one with the goalkeeper, so that they, it, it could have been bad. But right. uh, what do you call it? When Manila scored that goal, I thought it was really a consolation. They weren't going to do much, but they really came back. Uh, I give a lot of respect to Ancelotti because first half they played horrible, really bad. But second half, you know, he took out Insigne. He took out Insigne, and that's br- when it- I said I, I said that was very brave. I was like, a lot of coaches wouldn't do that, but he did that. You know, they brought in all all, all the players in, and they came back. and And unfortunately, for how 
for how things went. Even though Juve, like we said, Juve could have been on 5-0, how things went from coming back from 3-3. You know, your best player, you're one of the best defenders in the world, if not the best. He concedes that kind of goal that happens. I'm just surprised that uh, Napoli's defense is still like that. Like, I thought first game was like, okay, whatever, it's first game. And second game, too, they're conceding bad. that much. Even like, Gulam is out of position completely. Yeah. Di Lorenzo was their best fullback. It was their best defender. I, I Di also, Lorenzo was literally the best I also defender. wanted to bring up the Iguain thing on how well he's been doing. He's been, like, almost pushed out of the club, but he really stated how he wants to stay and work hard. And I also want to bring it back because, Gaetano, I remember you didn't want to sell Iguain at first. And you're like, I like Iguain. He's a hungry player. Even he last the year. League, even last year. Before he left. So when when he scored that, I was like, wow, he's really hard work. He's just giving his best. And I thought about what you were saying about Iguain that he should have stayed. So now it could be like almost like a blessing in disguise that no one got him. He could be like a, a variable for Juve. Be playing very good like he did a few years ago. So First of all, for Koulibaly, I'll say um, Koulibaly has saved Napoli an yeah, endless, endless amount of yeah, times. Exactly. He's a world-class defender. Um, it happens. Like you said, he's not fit. Uh, really, really stupid because there was no Juventus even striker or anything inside the box. Mm. He had three Napoli players behind him, I believe, and even Medet could have came out and, and grabbed the ball from him if there was a better communication. Uh, I don't even know how he hits the ball into the top right corner like that. That would um, never happen. Never, did it a hundred times. That never, never, never expected it from yeah, Koulibaly. Yeah, he, he hit his shin. Yeah, hit like yeah. his shin. I think he was, he was probably hitting it left towards the left. He hit it with his shin yeah. um, and it went in. Happens to the best um, but yeah, like, like, and also speaking about defensive mistakes, Delict was horrible. Probably the worst start yeah. to um, a debut that you could that get. And I remember that. last last week, uh, Juve fans uh, were so upset and criticizing Sadi for not giving Delict any minutes. Um, and then of course we know Chiellini tore his ACL. He's gonna be out for six to seven months. Which and literally the moment that I saw that, I knew it was gonna be a problem. As I've been saying for years, Chiellini is Juventus's most important piece. Um, it was proved last year when Juventus lost Chiellini in the fi- uh, versus uh, Ajax in the Champions League. He's still he's more important than any other Juventus player. Um, and I know everybody was like, "Oh, who cares? You know, it's fine. They got De Ligt, who's world class." But he, you could see even even the muscle cramps that he was getting. The, the guy's not fit to play. He was not ready in a new tactical system with a new team, new partnership, um, and he was not match. He was not match fit. Uh, so I knew it was going to be an issue. I didn't think it would be that bad. Uh, it's still his first game. I'm not concerned for the future. But I think at least two out of the three goals, he was culpable. But I think even the third goal, he was he was at fault. Lozano, 100%. And I believe on both of the free kicks, he was supposed to be marking his man. Um, so very stupid. Lozano, he's not even watching the striker go by. He's literally, Lozano's right behind him. He's watching. He's caught yeah, watching the ball. That was bad placement. Um, and now finding Lozano. So very, 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 very poor from him. Danilo came in in 29 seconds. Scored a, scored a great goal. Um, he did a really good job Michelle at, at putting him in. Yeah. Um, and for Juventus' sake, Douglas Costa was unbelievable. Again, proving how important he's going to be. Um, Ronaldo, very good. But there's still the, the philosophy and the midfield that are very different right now. The midfield with Kedira, Matuidi, and Pjanic. Kedira and Matuidi, we, Juventus still never got the world-class midfielder that they needed. And I constantly see the mistakes being made where they're not able to play that philosophy that Sadi wants, which is very quick touches. You know, it was very good for 60 minutes. But I knew after that, 
there was going to be issues. And that's why, Mike, at 2-0, when everybody was celebrating, and even at 3-0, I was not content. I was like, I knew Juventus were going to dip off because they only have 60 minutes in their legs. They started training very late on with Saudi, with this new philosophy. They didn't have the fitness so I, And you, you know, you could be a test. Yeah. I was saying, it's still not over. Yeah. I knew I knew Napoli were going to get back into this match. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to go like this. I did predict Napoli to, to win or you tie. Did, you did say it wasn't over. Even when it was 3-3, you said... When it was 3-2, like, was going to come back. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a feeling. Uh, but it, it made it very exciting. It made a that very did. exciting display. And you know what's weird? After these two weeks, I, this is a good question. I, and I'm thinking out loud with this. So many goals. Like for Serie A, that's always called like the defensive, boring league, not a lot of high scoring. We're seeing a completely different Serie A. And I've seen people say, oh, it's early. But it's always early. And we never see this many goals but this I early on. Serie A outscored Premier League last week. Uh, they, uh, outscored every league last week. Is it defensive mistakes? Yeah. Or is it just a new philo- like a bunch of coaches in Italy who have philosophies of attacking and that old school defensive mindset is just not there. I think that atrocious much. defending or really bad defending. I, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, like Fiorentina is built to go forward. Uh, I mean, they, they play the four three three, so they're looking to 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 score a lot of goals, which they did score three goals. But I see a lot of defensive mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's a, like from any other season. Like for some reason, you see some great like bad man marking, bad fouling. Just horrible. You're like, what the, what's going on? Like, I feel like I've never seen it like, the what, past you know few seasons I mean, before. on the Fiorentina game, uh, the, the goal that... Uh, Kwame scored. Kwame scored. I mean, the goalkeeper sent a ball 50, 60, 60 yeah. yards up in the air, and the defender is staying back, and the guy, <laughs> he, he allows him to stop the ball, turn around, Control. take him on, one-on-one, yeah. on one, and then he gives him the inside, yeah. which is his favorite foot. To score the goal, I mean, it's like uh, assisting him almost. Right? It's, 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 yeah, I mean, it's and uh, that guy would have really been killed. Bad. He would have been killed a couple of years ago. Really, they would have murdered him. Yeah, no, really, would have been really bad no, defending. No really way, bad. No way he would have got away. You know, with you that. know what's funny? Ludo made a really good point that I never thought about because obviously we never got, we didn't hear about you thinking about the handball because we all talked about the handball last week, how the change, you know, that no matter what, if your arm's out, Ludo was saying that the defenders these days they have to think so much about everything. They have to make sure their hands are over here. They have to make sure that, you know, even a centimeter of offsides can be can be proved to be anything. He's like, you have to make sure that you're not balanced um, in the right way when and all these different things. He's like, yeah. when you jump for a header, you can't jump with your arms out a anymore natural way to jump, otherwise yeah. the ball will hit you. He's saying defenders are having to think so much about everything that they're doing that, you know, maybe there's, that's why that's a cause for a lot of the mistakes, which it could be. Well, what one thing that I want to point out uh, is that... Uh, yeah, they, they keep saying uh, that this is not when you go up, you know, it's uh, it's got to be non-natural, you know. But if you're playing defense and you're staying like this, is this natural? <laughs> no. This is not natural to stay like this. <laughs> exactly. I mean, a player, if he jumps up or if you're making a cross and, and you know, you're trying to balance yourself or you're trying to extend your leg. Yeah. Let's say the guy is making a cross and you extend your leg to try to stop the cross. Okay, but now you have to think, okay, I'm extending my leg. Usually, naturally, the the arm will extend too. Exactly. But now you have to extend your leg and keep your arm like this. That's not natural. So Same thing, same thing when you're going up for a header. Who the hell can jump like this? You need balance. Yeah. You need your yeah, arms yeah. to balance. No, I am uh, I don't like the rule. Uh, I don't like this rule. 
This is not, uh, I mean, you should be able to jump naturally. And if this part of the, your natural ability, hey, that, that's, uh, that, that should not be a handball. Because now what happens is some of the uh, better players, the skillful players, you're in the area. Yep. And, uh, I mean, you could see what happened with Jekko. I don't think he was trying to do it on purpose. But when Jekko went inside the area, I mean, the guy was like this, uh, you know, trying to defend the guy. And... The guy kicked the ball on his end. He tried to put his end away. It's a penalty, so. Even, you know, I, I, and the funny thing is that they say your arm has to be in an unnatural position. And when they say unnatural, they mean not right by your side. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not natural. So, is this, is this it's natural? Not, okay, I get on the crosses, I've adapted. I understand that when the cross comes in, you're supposed to put your arms behind your back. But then I see in that they're jumping up for headers. And even if the guy heads the ball onto your arm, they're considered that unnatural. But who the hell can jump without their arms waved out? To me, I like I said, I don't like the rule. I like the idea that you know they're gonna call everything, so it's a little bit more black and white. But to me, it doesn't work. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it. No, they. Um, it, it, we are at the beginning, and the rule is only a month old, uh, so they're probably gonna have to look at it right now. Uh, I think the referee is having a problem. The defense are having a problem. Uh, the players. coaches, players, they're all having a. To adjust to it, but it probably needs to be relooked at again. But before we get too far, what do you think about even the center meters of all sides? The ones that you you I mean you can't even tell, but they're they're ruled off sides. What do you think about? Well, I think that the off the offside. I mean, that's uh, uh, that if you're offside, you know you're offside, and that can be determined even by one inch. Mm. So that's determined, and it's scientific, and you can have, if you're you not sure. You look at it, it's offside, and that's the end of it. There's no argument there. You know what? The, but the, arguments, argument. the arguments are, you know, with the handball. That's, uh, th that's the big argument. You know what? There was a journalist, and I brought this up last time on TV. He was with Cassano. He's with Vieti, and they all don't like the new rules. And they were talking about, you saw uh, Ronaldo last week versus Parma. Um, he was offside by, like, like a to literally, like, centimeters. Um, and he was saying that, it's actually the player's not at an advantage. He's saying if you're a centimeter offside, you actually have a disadvantage because Ronaldo's thinking I have to step back before I could even go. So he doesn't even have he's there's nothing propelling him forward and he's actually at a disadvantage. And I'm not sure if it was Cassano or Vieti, they were saying that we're making this into robots. He said you can't have that one centimeter is offside. He said that this is becoming like a like a video game. He said it should be that, you know, if you have an advantage then you're good. But then there's also the issue of, you know, how do you determine what is what? Right, then you have to change the rule. I mean, this is the rule. And with the offside, like I said, you can be pretty precise. If you're ahead, then, then it's offside. Unless you, you have to change the yeah. rule. No, no, I agree with you. It should be black or white in that case. Because yeah. if it's like oh, two centimeters, then it, that's when it really gets confusing. It should, right. uh, if you give like that leeway and stuff, I get what you're saying. Even though it's a disadvantage at going back. Even the slightest inch, if it's offside, it's offside. We have the technology now, so it shouldn't really be excused. And the attackers um, know this. Right, well, and uh, the same thing with the goal, uh, with the goal technology. Passing, passing the line, right? No, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty scientific. Yeah, exactly. You look at it, I mean, the other... Piontek the this week. Yeah, Piontek, you know, we all thought it was a goal. Yeah, I thought it was a goal. And then they went and looked at it, okay, it was this much, okay, that's fine. That, that's the rule. And uh, I'm don't make okay. it complicated. Yeah, right? I'm don't okay with that. Unless you know you change the rule. This is the rule. I'm okay with it. Yeah. The most difficult thing is the handball. Yeah, that's the hardest thing up to up to yeah. this point.
and uh, and checking the VAR and, and, and checking actually yeah. check the VAR and checking yeah. the Correctly. VAR. Because the what the protocol and that I'm not uh, I don't agree with it. The protocol is okay. The referee is right there. He thinks it's a penalty. Mertens throws himself on the floor, but the referee didn't see it, so he says it's a penalty. Somebody from the VAR should contact him and say, "Listen, you should go see it again because we think it's not a, it's not a penalty." And the protocol is unless it's a clear. Uh, without any doubt, then you stay with the referee's That's decision. So that is the, the protocol right now. I think I don't agree with that. I think that should be changed. And on a case like that, where you could see the guy dove, if you need to check it from different angles, because the referee has only one angle. But when you go see it on TV, you can, yeah, multiple. Sh you can yeah. check different angles. And then you can, if you can determine that uh, you know it was not a penalty, so... That's something else that needs to be reviewed. That's nuts. Okay. To me, it's absolutely insane that even today in 2019, where we could determine if Ronaldo's uh, toenail is offside, but we can't determine um, Mertens uh, yeah, that, exactly. that he's not contacting. Yeah, it's crazy. Every single goal should be checked. Yeah. Every single goal. And I don't care if yeah. the next play starts. They should be able to say, oh, look, we found right. something on the last goal. You have to go back and do it. I right. agree. There's yeah. too much of this. Because it's the correct decision at the end of the day. Yeah. But anyway, uh, just to touch on it, because I know um, you weren't here from uh, from last week. So I said uh, we, we got to talk about it for um, for a couple minutes. Uh, Milan, Brescia, they won 1-0. Milan won over Brescia. Uh, again, another difficult one. Giampaolo started Piontek and Paqueta on the bench. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it I couldn't believe the lineup strange. when... When I saw that, and also Giampaolo changed the formation that he was working on all summer from a four-three-one-two to four-three-two-one. He said that the four-three-one-two uh, could not work for Milan. He said he saw after their loss to Udinese that it couldn't work. Um, it wasn't beautiful, definitely wasn't beautiful. But Milan got the one-zero win against Brescia, um, which was the most important thing at the end of the day. Piontek was so unlucky. I mean, the guy came in, he he took an elbow to the the face, to the nose. He was bleeding. He has a ball saved off the line. He had an incredible save from the goalkeeper of Brescia that, oh, last year he would have buried that one. He's been very, very unlucky this preseason and and, and, the, first and, and, first, and the first two games. Paqueta played good, though, when he came on. I think he should definitely be a starter from now on. Castillejo uh, belongs nowhere. Yeah, Castillejo, I don't think he should be starting. I don't think he's good striker. enough, to be honest with you. Maybe maybe they can find a new role for him. But yeah, this was a this would look still look like Gattuso's in Milan. It hasn't changed into Giampaolo's philosophy yet, but that's okay just because it's only a couple games in. You know, stuff like that takes time, but it looks like the same old Milan. They, they made a point. Cassano made a point. He said, and I'll just repeat this. I said it last time for you. He said... If you're going to get these players for Milan, you should have kept Gattuso. He said, Giampaolo can't do anything with these kind of players. He said, Giampaolo needs actual technically gifted players. Gattuso could get the most out of your guy. So he said, if Milan's Mercato, this is what you want to do. You should have just kept Gattuso. Yeah. He's a motivator. At least, I think right? it's a working in progress. Uh, you know, they changed some players. I think Suzo, you got, you got a, he belongs there. I think Paqueta belongs there. He had, a, I saw a nice shot that hit the post. Yeah. It came yeah, back. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you, you you need to to, to find uh, you need to find space for Piontek and uh, Suso and and also uh, for Paqueta. And now they got uh, Rebic, 
official. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, Rebic, who I remember from the World Cup, was a great, great attacker. You know, a very hungry guy, very determined, skillful. Um, kind of reminds me of Mandzukic in a way. Like, I feel like these Croatians are just built differently. Um, so uh, so that, that's, I think that Rebic is actually going to do really good for Milan. Um, and I think that they got a good signing in him. But I guess we'll, we'll see what he's able to do. They still need, to me, they still needed work um, in the midfield. And the center back partnership with Musacchio, I don't like. Uh, but I do agree with you guys that it's going to be a work in progress uh, for Milan. But, you know, they also need that this work to come quick because they, they can't be losing games against Udinese again. You know, the same old thing with them. But what do, you, what do you think about the exclusion? As a coach, you get you put Paqueta and Piontek on the bench. You think that demotivates them or you think that motivates them? Well, you know, if you're a professional uh, that has to uh, get you upset and get you uh, to work harder and in order for you to be... Uh, and you have to... The best thing that you can do is to prove the coach wrong. So when you go back into the field and you perform, then that's your... Uh, uh, motivation, hey, I proved you wrong. I was right. I should have been there on, on the field. So as a professional, I should motivate you. Yeah, definitely should, but I think it depends on the player. Um, Lazio, Roma, the Derby della Capitale. Insane. That was crazy. The craziest 1-1, one, one, the craziest draw I've ever seen. The scoreline didn't Probably. do justice at all. Yeah, I feel like 1-1, yeah. one, one, you know, somebody watches the game, like, ah, maybe it was Marco, like a boring 1-1. How many one, posts one. have in that game? I believe six or seven um, posts and crossbars were hit in this match. Incredible. Two from Zagnolo, one from Lucas Leva or Luis Alberto that was unbelievable They're from outside the, the box. They're doing the crossbar challenge over there. It was just... One 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 post from the, to the next yeah. uh, man of the match to the to the post to the crossbar. Uh, Roma took the lead, right? Uh, one zero yeah. in the beginning. Kolarov a penalty, penalty, like you were saying. You know the one Jekyll hits him. Milinkovic Savic, his arm is out. Uh, they give a penalty kick. Uh, Kolarov scores, and then Lazio got themselves back into this match again. Bad defending too. I mean, I was watching. Fazio gives um, who scored the goal for uh, was it Correa? Correa or Luis Alberto? Luis Alberto. Luis Alberto, Alberto. Alberto scored it. I mean, so much space inside the box. To have that much space inside the box for, Crazy, right? for a player. Uh, I thought Lazio. I thought Lazio played a really good game. I was I was pretty impressed with Lazio. I love Luis Alberto in his new position. Inzaghi pushed him. You know, he used to play as an attacking midfielder right behind the strikers. Now he's in that in the three five two. He's in the midfield directly in the midfield, and I love his positioning. And Zaghi was talking about how he changed him a little bit. He wanted to make him like more box-to-box -box who can go up. And then he's got Lucas Leva and Savic who could do the more defensive job. And I love his positioning. To me, he's been the best center midfielder uh, in the league in his first two weeks, in the opening two uh, weeks. I liked him a lot. Lazio definitely had the advantage over here because uh, Roma had a new coach. Ed Zaghi for a few years now. And I got to say, Lazio were definitely unlucky that they only came away with a point. Because to me, I, I thought they were much better than Roma overall. And uh, like we said with other coaches, when you got a new coach, it's going to take some time. Fonseca likes that attacking capability. He likes uh, that mentality to keep attacking. But uh, it's too early to judge. But I do feel like Lazio, they could have came away with a win for sure on this one. If anything, I thought Lazio was going to be able to pull through. Yeah, I thought, yeah, they showed I thought Lazio was a, a better team as a whole. They, yeah. you know, they, and they have... Uh, they have some nice players that that they, they, they now they are they have some nice chemistry they together. Know each other, yeah. Fonseca, of course, is new. He's got some players, so he, he needs he, he needs to work. Uh, and then also, that there were a lot of changes in the management. Uh, what happened with Totti and the Rossi? Uh, a lot of things happened uh, on on top of the management. So it's going to take a little while. <clears throat> 
<clears throat> I was disappointed to see because Zappa Costa was supposed to play as a right back, but he got hurt in training. I really wanted to see Roma with a real right back because we know Florenzi's always been an adapted right back. Yeah. He was going to go on the left wing, um, and it would have been really nice to see you know them up there, but then they do Under and uh, and Cliver. Zaniola did really good, and I think even Jekyll this season, Jekyll's... Um, Newfound motivation under Fonseca after he was like after expected renew the renewal, right? Yeah, he was he was expected to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was I thought it was the the scoreline didn't do it justice, but I think that Roma did did play a good match. You know, not great, but again, defensively, it's just all over the place for me. Well, defensively. Mancini's first time starting, right? That's yeah, why. so that's, yeah, Mancini's hard, first time hard, starting, especially for defenses now. Everyone and even Paul Lopez in the stuff. in the back, but yeah, right, yeah, for me, I thought Lacho, they impressed me. Uh, probably a little bit unlucky with the one one. In my opinion, it would have leaned towards uh, towards Lazio. Sure, yeah. Good derby, good derby again. Yeah, for sure. More exciting than uh, than the scoreline uh, did it justice. Chesa. But Luis Alberto this season, I can't get over how much I love him. I, I really like him. I think he's a really good player. Um, let's see, Inter. Inter 2-1 against Cagliari. That was a shaky match. Like I said, these are the games, I'm telling you now, I know I'm going to sound crazy, but these are the kind of games that win you Scudetti. Of course. These are the games. It's a smaller smaller teams. Last year, this would not have been a win for Inter. Probably would have been This was a hard one. A very hard one. In Cagliari, I think Conte, even after the match, should watch how many big teams are going to struggle in Cagliari. Yeah. It was a really tough one for them. They struggled big time. It was the last 15 minutes too. It was going, and that's when Senzi did a did an amazing. Uh, he did an amazing trick in the box, and I roulette. think Pisacane fouled him, and they, it was a clear penalty. And that's when Lukaku uh, slotted it home to get to give them a win. Because I was getting nervous. I was going for Inter on this one, and I was like, "Damn, 15 minutes." Left. I was like, "Could Conte could Conte squeeze a win over here?" But yo, they nah, got but the this job is, done. This is what Inter do. And speaking about really good midfielder, Sensi has been unbelievable. What was the quote with the uh, Conte with Barella? And Co- Sensi? Conte said that Barella's struggling because Barella didn't start. He said Barella doesn't understand exactly what I need from him. Yeah. He said Barella, he said Sensi, anything I tell him right away. He picks He it said up completely quick. understood exactly what I needed from and him. And me and Marco actually were like, "Oh, Barella's gonna come. He's gonna conquer." We're like, "Sensi, yeah, he seems like a decent transfer." Yeah. But yo, he's surprising us. He's doing very good. I didn't know Sensi was as good as yeah. as he is. He's been phenomenal. Sure. Italy's got so many good young midfielders. midfielders. It's yeah. it's incredible. But he's a very aware, technical, uh, little kind of like Verratti-esque where he just knows how to get the dink the ball in. And look how far up he was on the... He earned the penalty yeah, kick. Yeah, it was did. him that, yep. that got it. But overall, this Inter is a group. We knew this. This yeah. is an Inter that together, they play really good football. You see how Conte plays. Um, with them, still Sanchez that was on the bench. Yeah, uh, Lukaku didn't get... He didn't have a great game though. Lukaku didn't have a great game. He did score on the, the penalty kick, and then some some stuff happened, which we'll 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 talk about. Um, but at the end of the day, they won the game. That's the most important thing. I saw Conte's Juventus win so many of these games that yeah. you know could have went either way. Exactly. But then they walk away with two one, and you don't look back. You get the win. You go on. I think Cagliari died out. Um, towards the end of the match, I know that they were still pushing up. They were packing down on defense. Once mostly. they scored the two-one, Cagliari were deflated. They were they they didn't they didn't go up with any real intention. At one-one, they still had a chance. I thought they were going to be able to do something. Nyinglan was all over the place, but even he was was a little a little shaky. I don't know. I wasn't crazy. And even Simeone, Simeone came in at halftime. He didn't do a thing. So uh, Cagliari, they do they look like they have a team. They look like they do have a team, uh, but Inter was just they too have, strong. They have and, Olsen, too. They started Olsen. Yeah, Olsen started on his first game. What do you think about the game? Oh, this is, uh, I think it's Conte. Uh, you can see right away. I mean, he doesn't, uh, he wants no excuses. This is the players that I want. This is, the, this is how I want to play. And this is how we're going to win. 
And he doesn't care whether it's the first game or he doesn't want any excuse. Oh, this was the first game. or We're not ready. And this is not ready. No. He's from the first minute, the first game. He's yelling at everybody, screaming. They know exactly what they want. Him and Marotta, they know exactly the players they want. They know that um, <clears throat> Perisic, Icardi, and some of the other players, Nangolan. they don't belong. Huh? Yeah, Nangolan. Was the Nangolan, they don't belong. The project, they don't belong in their project. They're out, and that's it. And they seem to be from Zhang to Marotta to Conte, they all seem to talk the same language and the same project, and we go forward. You want to... You want our project? You want to stay with our project? You listen to one Conte say, and this is a, there's no, they don't leave anything by chance. Exactly. You know, now some other, like, oh, the, we should get this. Oh, it's the first game. Oh, the guy's not in shape. There's no such thing with Conte. You know, the first game, how can you get cramps on the first game of the first year? You get cramps. You know, you've been practicing for a month yeah, every day. Uh, <clears throat> so this is where Conte, I think, is at his best. He, he works them very hard. He trains them very, very hard. And we have been, me and Mark have been there, you know, when we see them, how hard these people and these players, he makes them train. And he has a very, um, <clears throat> he's very clear on his tactics. And he works for hours and hours so that everybody knows where they have to be at any time. He doesn't leave anything to chance. And you want me to go over this now yeah, or yeah, yeah. later? Sure. So... <clears throat> so if you see the the way um, Inter plays, you know they played the three five two, which is what he started with. Uh, uh, you know what he was playing with Juventus. So he's got the three defenders, uh, which was D'Ambrosio, Ranocchia, and Scrinia, uh, because uh, some of the players are hurt. Godin probably, wasn't fair yeah, Godin and the, the the rise. So for right now, but he's very clear on this. But what is uh, is very clear on the tactics is that this player. Which is the three-five-two? When they defend, this player goes here, and this is how they defend. And when they attack, this lift two it up a little bit so they, they can see a little so bit higher. So when when they yeah. attack, these two players. So I, as I said, when they defend, this is how they defend. And when they attack, this guy here, it becomes a right wing, which is uh, Candreva, and uh, Asamoa becomes a left wing. So these two players here, there is a lot of running because when you win the ball you become a wing. When you lose the ball, you become a defender. So these guys, they have to go over here. And in the transition, they become a midfielders. So you have to be able to defend, midfield, and attack. When you go up, you dribble somebody, and you make the cross. So you need an extra long, basically. You can yeah. never stop running. Yeah, these yeah. guys, they're nonstop. Yeah, Kandreva. Look at look how good mm -hmm. Kandreva's been. Kandreva and Brozovic, they, they look so skinny now too. Like you yeah. see them, they they yeah, just right. they're not. Kandreva shaved his beard too. So <laughs> but it's crazy. Even Brozovic. It was like and then they have Samoa, um, Juve, right? In front of <clears throat> in front of the defense, they have uh, Vicino and Brozovic. So these are the guys that set up with Sensi. That he kind of like you said. When he did the penalty, he was right here. In the box, that's so, right. He's like the Vidal. <clears throat> Remember Vidal with Juventus? He was so all he, over the So he gets place. a chance. Uh, <clears throat> he gets a chance if these two guys open, he goes here. If these guys are in here, he goes in here. So he's got a lot of freedom, the sense. And he's a good player. He's a very technical player. So, But everybody knows when they get the ball, everybody knows their exactly. position, where, be, where they the have to be. The grass, so right? if, if Brozovic or Vicino get the ball, they know that Asamo is here. They know that Candreva is here. So if he gets the ball from this guy, he doesn't even have to look. 
He just turns and he puts the ball here. He knows that he's here. He doesn't have to look. Yeah, exactly. Right. You have to watch the front too. You have to watch Lukaku yeah. and, and Lautaro or Lukaku and Sanchez, whoever it's going to be. Um, same thing what he did at Juve again because we saw Llorente and Tevez, that big guy and that small guy. Lukaku, every time he flicks it over to uh, Lautaro or he controls the ball, leaves it back. As he's leaving it back to the center midfielder who could be Santi, it could be anybody, Lautaro is running towards the left side. Like, they're very, very simple, standard tactics. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times, Skriniar gets the ball. He's looking for La he's looking for Lukaku. So it's standard. It's very standard. A lot of and, off the ball of movement, too, right? And, and also, like you were saying about the, the fitness levels, that's what gets you to win these games at Cagliari. 2-1, where even until the last second, you're struggling. But because they're so fit... And they're so ready for these games. There was nobody huffing and puffing like they were even at Juve. You know, like they leaked pulling up cramps or guys looking tired. Or even mentally, you know, to not know where you have to go. You don't see that. They're constantly doing the exact thing that Conte needs from his teams. And that's that's why you get Conte. That's why you pay him. He's the most paid coach in the league. And that's why Inter win the Scudetto is because of a coach like that. Because you've got a coach that wins these kind of games. And again, I laugh at everybody who says... Inter fans are going crazy because they beat Lecce and they beat Cagliari and they think that they could do something when these are the games that you drop and then you're you're at the end you're like, yeah. wow, how are we only four exactly. points behind on this? Yeah, it's games like these that you win. Teams. So yeah. I always laugh when people make when people are like, you're overreacting to winning against small teams. But yes. I give a lot of respect to Inter's project. Lecce they, a little bit they, less, Cagliari a lot more because yeah. Cagliari is going to be tough. Inter gave a lot with their project. They're doing everything the right way. They're getting someone like uh, Marota. They're getting someone like Conte. Zhang knows what he's doing as a president and I think they're all united there's nothing going behind anyone's back everyone right. knows what's going on and they're really improving as you can see they're doing right. well Skriniar said we Conte brought us a winning mentality he said that's, that's right. the difference yeah. right and also he's got some backups for uh, uh, you know the he's got players. Sanchez as a backup for over here he's got Biragi who's a good player on the left side oh, yeah, so he's, he's got a He's got alternatives here. So in every position, he's got some alternatives. Right. Yeah. What I don't like about this this formation is that if you play against uh, a very, very good team, either in Champions League or in the Italian League, Copa that Italia. Yeah, exposed. if this guy is here and this guy is here and this guy's there, if there's a counterattack, you probably going to be one-on-one -on -one with the other forwards. And if you're playing against Barcelona and Griezmann, Neymar, and, you, and Messi are the three, right? Not Neymar, not uh, Neymar, Suarez. Yeah. But if you got Suarez, if you got Griezmann, if you got Messi, if you got Cavani, if you got um, Icardi now, uh, Neymar, yeah. uh, if he's playing with PSG. But if you got these guys that are really fast, and now you're stuck here one on one, you can or, or Ronaldo or uh, you know you could get punished. Yeah. Against the the best teams, you get penalty. The rest, I, I like this formation for the top top teams in Europe. You're you think sure. they should change it? The Real Madrid, the, you know. Uh, I they think don't play in the back. I, I think that uh, this is not uh, the best uh, I guess we'll tactical formation. In champ, he's playing Sparta Praha first in a few weeks, so I want to see how well, that, he does on that that's one. That's also exactly what Conte has always been criticized by. Was that was in Champions League? Even though he's only played in Champions League three times, he was very criticized by that. Mm. Um, but yeah, well, I guess we'll see. But he has enough players to uh, you to know, rest, to, right? And to adapt. Formation. No, no, you you could play the the the, the four two. Uh, one two, you know, you're the four three to one, you know, you could play. He, he has enough, uh, uh, yeah.
he, he has enough players where he can adjust. Guys, and I'm, I, I'm sure he will. Unfortunately, uh, there's one thing last in the in the game that we have to talk about. Um, and I can't believe it's week two. And I I can't believe at all we would have to talk about this this season. Mm. Uh, but Lukaku, when he was taking the penalty kick, uh, he got racially abused again um, by Kaliyidi, by uh, some some Kaliyidi fans, um, probably the ultras, the guys that are in the Kurva. Um, not the first time, not the first time, even in the last seven months that this happens at Kaliyidi. And there's even, there's even, you know, Eto in 2010, the same thing happened to him. Matuidi, same thing happened Mutare, to him. Moise eh? Keane, same thing happened to him. Now Lukaku, again, all of those were, were the, the same section of Kaliyidi fans um, who were throwing racial slurs at uh, Lukaku. Um, Lukaku posted online right after, I'll read it right now, he posted on social media. He said, many players in the last month have suffered from racial abuse. I did yesterday too. Football is a game to be enjoyed by everyone, and we should accept any form of and we shouldn't accept any form of discrimination that will put our game in shame. I hope the football federations all over the world react strongly to all cases of discrimination. Social media platforms need to work better as well with football clubs because every day you see at least a racist comment under a post of a person of color. We've been saying it for years and still no action. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 2019 and instead of going forward, we're going backwards. I think as players, we need to we need unity and make a statement in this matter to keep the game clean and enjoyable for everyone. Um, obviously well said it's very sad even in England you see it happened the first two games for Manchester United Pogba and Rashford who both missed a penalty kick afterwards it was just you know onslaught um, especially on social media I think it was only in social I'm not sure if it happened in the stadium uh, but it's just it's so sad that the same thing keeps happening and we don't learn from it it's sad that it happens yeah. number one but it's almost even more sad that, that no action, no action is taken no action. against these guys we see in Premier League it's very understood. They find the guy with the camera. There's videos inside the stadium. We saw videos inside the stadium where you could clearly identify people that did the stupid things. You get them and you ban them for life. No more putting the kids in the curva. No more of these stupid, um, you know, I initiatives that, that don't, don't solve work. the problem. Yeah, exactly. You either you start you start tossing these guys out for life. Or you start deducting points from teams because some way it's nine years that it's happened at the same place. There it's nine there years. There has to be some drastic measures. And even more, probably more, but I'm just saying Point nine years. Point deduction, ban from not just that stadium, but all in all Europe stadiums. Uh, heavily fined for that individual because there are cameras, like we said, we saw a lot inside the stadium. We talked about this last year on the podcast also, and it's a shame that we have to talk about it again. Nothing was done. Uh, there has to be a bigger initiative, a bigger thing to solve this. Deduct three points from Coyote. Find that person. Uh, ban him from the stadium. See if uh, that's going to happen again. Because what was done wasn't enough uh, for it to stop happening. It's, and, it's not a real solution. And once is enough. Once is enough to Seriously, ban a person for yeah. life. Once is enough. Anytime it yeah. happens, there's no more of these. 100%. Ah, okay, it only happened once. No. First of all, it's been happening for nine years. But second of all, it shouldn't even get to that point. It should never. And and again, it happens in it happens all over, right? Yeah. But it's it just the reaction from it. it is the it's worst how you part. Deal with it. Premier yeah. League, just follow exactly what they damn do. They have the videos. They take the guy. The guy's gone. You're never gonna see it again. You're not gonna. Consistently see it happening, mm -hmm. so it's very that to me it's very sad. These people are very sad that do that, um, but then on top of that, our, our reaction is just very so poor. so 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 sad. Well, I uh, I want to uh, commend on Lukaku because after that happened and after he scored, he, he didn't stop playing. Uh, I don't want the game to stop. 
Okay, and even Lukaku, he was talking to one of of his teammates, and he was saying, you know, like be tough. Yeah. And I believe in that. You do not stop the game. The game has to keep going. What you stop is you stop the people from going into the stadiums. So, like he said, you put a camera. Where this happens, is it in the curva? It happens in the curva. You know exactly who they are. What is all this baloney? You, they, they, they want the, the passport. I got to go to the stadium. They want my passport. They want my ID. They put the name on the, on, on the ticket. So you know exactly who's sitting there. Exactly. You know exactly yeah, who is sitting there. And you have the camera too. So what else do you want? Once you identify the guy, you know exactly who he is or she is. You go there. You pick him up. And... Every Sunday at game time, what time is the game? At 2.45, at 8.45, you got to show up at the police station. You're not going to watch any more games. For those two hours, you're going to be in the police station. So, and that's it. And you resolve the problem fast. These are not fans that love soccer. These are not lo fans that love Cagliari. These are, these are idiots. Yeah. And those idiots, you get them out of the stadium. They don't belong in the stadium. So you get him out of the stadium, and you'll see it as soon as you start that when the, the other people realize, hey, I'm not going to watch any more games, it's going to stop. Yeah, yeah. No. I think that, that that's exactly the point. It's like you you know, you know leave a, a, a cookie jar right next to a kid. You think the kid's not going to eat the cookies? No, you got to move the cookie jar. You have to have some have action punishment. that stops yeah, it from ever 100%. happening. Um and at this point, at this point, it needs to be done. It's, it's, I can't believe we, I'm like sickened that we keep having to say it. Um, hopefully this time something gets done. Uh, but unfortunately I'm not the, um, I'm not the most sold that something really will happen. You know, we see a lot of these things that are just tossed up online initiatives that don't actually do anything until you start banning the guys. I agree with you. I, I agree. I think nothing's going to happen. And I do think that if, if the player, if Lukaku wants to stop the game, they should stop the game. Like, I think that they could decide. I think that is the rule. I think if the guy wants to stop them, the referee, or it's at the referee's discretion. Um, so I don't really care about that. I just think that action, real action needs to be taken. Like, what is happening today? What is happening today to stop it from happening tomorrow? Right. That's yeah. a real question. No, is, is, is a letter from Kaliti saying we don't associate ourselves with this stopping anything? No. That's all they did. Right. They that's released a letter. No, that, that's not going to work. Either, okay, but why can't they send security and go grab right. no, that's some what of they those, should do. Yeah, that's, what, I, that's, that's what, what they should I do. said. They have, yeah. they have the stewardess yeah. watching them too. They have yeah. like an You get the security and you get them. them. And if you think that that's going to uh, cause a disruption, they might cause uh, mayhem, whatever, on the field and people could get hurt, you go get them the next day. And the afternoon, after the game, you go to that house. You have the names. You have the face. Have the after info. the game, you go to that house, and you go get them. And you bring them to the police station. And that's it. It's going to stop. Yeah. In a few weeks, this thing will stop if you do that. I agree with you. Again, it's, it's not really brain surgery. If we just copy what, what has made it stop in England, I think that we'd be able to recreate it. And it's never going to stop completely maybe, but it's definitely going to hinder a it. Decline, decline um, for sure. In a huge yeah. way. So unfortunately it happened. Uh, we got some more football to talk about before we finish. Um, Cagliari, uh, Cagliari, sorry. Atalanta lost 3-2 to two to Torino. Um, I can't believe Atalanta's start to the season has been uh, very confusing. One of the best um, best defenses last year in the league conceded already. Was it the fourth goal of the season already? No, the sixth goal. Sixth goal of the, the season um, in total. 
um, and to Torino. They and they're playing at home too. Bergamo was a very tough place for a lot of top top teams to to go to. Zapata scored two unbelievable goals. I don't know if you guys saw the goals. That one of the goals that Zapata scored was was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but yes, yeah, t- tough start to the season for for Atalanta. You know, last week they were able to get pulled back um, because of Muriel, but this week it wasn't enough. So really, really difficult. Um, Fiorentina, Genoa one two one. Again, like you said about Kwame, um, and Fiorentina's defense, which we saw was very shaky against Napoli. And Genoa's a really good team. With Andrea Zoli, I love the way that they play. Like, the football that's on display at Genoa is beautiful. And they have a bunch He's of new great exciting coach. signings, which is very fun Pina to watch. Monti, play. Yeah, fun football for sure. Kwame, I know we talked about the, the mistakes that were made on the Kwame goal, but also Kwame, to have the that, character that as touch, a young kid, the touch control, was, yeah. was phenomenal. Amazing. And then to, to keep attacking his man... Um, I know Dragoski made actually some good saves in that game too, right? In uh, yeah, yeah, he in, made uh, a, he in made the Fiorentina one game. That was going in. Did any? Did you watch it? Did you see? Did you see the game? No, I saw. I saw the second half. I didn't see the first half. I saw the second half. I thought that uh, uh, Genoa was really playing well. I thought that Fiorentina played better the last week, but this week they didn't play as good. But at the end, they uh, they made it. Like I said before, the defender made mistakes. And at the end, the Chiesa could have um, uh, could have tied it up. Tied right? it up. Okay. He hit the post, and then he had another shot, which the goalkeeper did not uh, handle it well. Uh, but Fiorentina has got a lot of new players. They have a new owner. They have a new uh, president, project. Uh, so they have a lot of new things going on. It's going to take some time. But I think they're on the right track, and I think uh, you know they will do good things. Good things are going to happen to them, but uh, they're going to have to be a little bit more patient. Also, a quick shout-out to Berardi, who scored three goals against Sampdoria. First, uh, first half hat-trick, right? 13 minutes. 13 minutes. 13 yeah, minutes, Berardi scored three goals. But this guy always seems to start his seasons off right. I feel like he always starts the season off right, and then, and then, and then, then all of a sudden that, right? he goes missing. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be the same case. Sampdoria's right. midfield uh, defense, again, yeah, okay. how many goals did they concede? They conceded four this game, didn't they concede another three in their last against Lazio? Didn't they lose yeah, 3-0? Yeah, they lost 3-0. So seven goals? Yeah, well, Sampdoria is in, uh, in, a, in a moment where they don't know whether the team is going to be sold. Viali's group is going to buy it. Uh, Ferrero. A new coach. Uh, you know, new, new coach. Uh, uh, I think that has a lot to do with uh, which directions is this uh, team is going to go. So they, they got some problem, which the sooner the, the resolve it, the better for the team. Um, let's talk about uh, the, the transfer market too. We gotta talk the Champions League groups and then and transfer market oh, yeah. for a second. Right. Transfer market Rebic to Milan, we said it, Llorente to Napoli, uh, Mikitarian from Arsenal signed for Roma. That's, That's a actually yeah. a I'm good signing. I actually like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, Kalinic uh, to Roma, which uh, I don't really care let's about. Andre Silva went to um, Eintracht. And uh, Icardi, at the moment right now, he just passed his medical for PSG. Somehow they found a solution for this Icardi, who for how many months have we been since February when this whole thing came out? We didn't know what's going to happen. He could have went to Napoli. He rejected a move to Napoli, which he would fit perfectly in that team. You were asking for a center forward for Napoli. He would be a guy that would score so many goals at Napoli. So very strange that he rejected that move. He was apparently waiting for Juventus, who we knew Inter were never going to give him to uh, Juventus. He did not reject the move. His, his, his idiot of wife rejected the okay. move. He's got he's a, like a little puppet. Whatever his wife uh, tells him to do, he, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, but he's still and got a voice. A, a voice. He's, he's got, got no, a kid. He's got no voice. It doesn't weather. Yes, I can't believe this guy. You know that he's he's letting his wife ruin his career. You know the guy could have gone to a to a good team and do some uh, inside the area. I mean, he's one of the best inside the area. And you go and you sue. You're uh, you do a war with your team. I mean. I'm even surprised that anybody wants to deal with him and his wife. He found the one team that will put up with any chaos. Yeah, because uh, he found this team PSG because PSG has got other problems with Neymar, uh, another idiot that doesn't know which color. Every week he changes the color of his hair because he doesn't know, you know, which uh, which color he should play with. So I, I don't know. Is, is Neymar is Neymar going anywhere? No, he's going to stay. But I agree with Marco here on this. One. Marco was saying how um, <laughs> it's not entirely Wanda. He's you got old really enough mad. To he's old enough to make his decision. So you might think, oh, Wanda's doing this. But yo, he says yes or no if he feels that it's right or not. Even though she does seem like some, some people will well, never grow up. Yeah, so that's his fault. Some people will never grow but up. But don't put everything on one that on the day, it's too. It's his you know? fault. Yeah, exactly. It's partly He's the one who got to grow up. It's not just him, bro. Right. He makes a decision. Yeah, yeah but some people never grow up. It doesn't matter. You know, you're 18. You say, oh, you're going to get to 21. You're going to grow up. No, you could be 40, and you still have not grown up. <laughs> Hello, you could be 50 and still not uh, grow up. He's so good with some people, with, uh, some people will never grow up. Jeez. <sighs> To be honest, listen, I think for PSG, like I said, he found the one team that will put up with any bullshit in the world. I've never seen a team like PSG that will just accept any kind yeah. of drama. Uh, well, PSG is probably that desperate. They got a situation in the house with this guy, Neymar, which they don't know which way he's going to go, if he's going to play, if he's ne not going to play. Cavani got injured, Mbappe yeah. got injured. Right. So Both of them are injured. Uh, it's it's a, it's a one year deal, right? It's just a loan. Yeah, it's just a loan for one year. So if it doesn't work out, hey, they're in a mess already. All right, so they're in a mess already. They'll they'll deal with another year. I think um, from Inter's perspective, uh, like we were saying, um, they they were kind of forced in a weird situation. You know, they kept Marotta kept coming out and saying that he was not going to be part of the project. You know, no matter what. Uh, and I think it would have been insane for a player of Icardi's caliber to sit out for a year on the bench and do nothing. And he's going to try to get his contract rescinded by suing Inter or try to beg and hope that somebody got injured and then he would be forced to play for Inter. So I think at the end of the day, Icardi would have thrown his career away if he stayed at Inter. Imagine a player that hasn't played in this many months. And to me, honestly, so much talent. he could fulfill his potential and become one of the best strikers in the world. To me, 100%. he is one of the best number nines, but he comes with a crazy amount of baggage. Yeah, I mean, he could have gone from being a 60, 70 million dollar to, to be worth uh, nothing. Uh, so I'm sure that that had a lot to do with it. He's crazy. It would have been absolutely insane. And I think for Inter's perspective, at the end of the day, it is a loan. They didn't get to sell him, but the options to buy at like 65 or 70 million. And I think that you do have a risk. Like I said, I think it's either going to go really, really good yeah. at PSG or it's going right. to go really bad. You, you know I think what? He's going to become world class or he's going to cause a lot of issues. Well, no, I mean, if he causes more issues, uh, he's going to be worth nothing. Yeah. So it's, it's in the interest, uh, I'm sure, as much of an idiot that Wanda is, I'm sure she's going to realize this. But what I would like to find out, and I'm going to look into it, is that apparently. On the, on the contract of a player contract, and yeah. I don't know if it's just for Italy or if it's for all the players, there's a, a percentage of games that you have to play, 
Like a 10 percent. I believe that was just Icardi's contract, but I heard that it's for any player. What, what they said is, for any for me is very difficult. For to, any player, what it is is that they can legally can't say you will not have a place in this team. So they could send you to the Primavera and say, oh, you know, he's going to practice. He'll get back. But you can't come out and say he has no shot at getting back into the team. Because legally in your contract, you're obligated to have a chance to play. Right. To have a chance. But is so this you can't, uh, how Marotta came out and said, you are not. A, he will not play. You can't you can't say that because legally you have to have the opportunity to play for your team. Right. But this thing that you have to play 10 percent of the game. I heard that was just Icardi's contract. Okay. We need 10%. to look into that. It has to be. It can't be everybody's contract that you play 10 percent. I believe it was just Icardi. But what's that's in everybody's what I, that's con- what I thought. What's in everybody's contract is that a club can't say can't, you know, blacklist you and say you're not going to be part of the team at all. You know, they could BS and be like, oh, you know, he's got an injury. He's going to play with the youth team for a little. But the way Marotta and everybody came out, they were legally going against um, the contract of what a, a football player has. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's worldwide. Um, with the with this um, closing, Dybala staying at Juventus, a player who was looked like he was going to be kicked out of the club. They were looking at Manchester United, Tottenham, um, almost any team they were willing to give him to except the Inter swap that we thought was going to happen at the end, the Inter-Icardi swap. Um, what happens for what happens for him right now? What happens for um, for for Dybala? What do you think? Well, Dybala, uh, I think the best thing that he has going for him is I think that Sarri, Sarri uh, likes him. I, I don't know if Agnelli and Paratici and uh, Nedved had. Uh, I think they were they were the ones that wanted to see him out. But um, from what Sari had said at the beginning, he believes in uh, uh, in Douglas Costa. He believes in uh, in Dybala. So maybe that's the best thing that he has. Once Sari gets back, um, he's gonna have maybe he's gonna have some uh, some uh, place where to to play. Even oh, though right, right now Douglas Costa, you know, he's, no, he's not gonna replace him. You know, D- Douglas Costa is doing very well. Um, you know, where are you going to go? You got Iguain, Douglas Costa, and, and Ronaldo. Uh, I'm even uh, worried. Where is um, Dybala going to go? Where is Bernadeschi going to go? And where is Cuadrado going to go? I mean, these are all another three great players for the same position. Well, Cuadrado, Cuadrado's older, so and they've said that he's willing to take you know a step on the bench. Bernadeschi was almost, they were even talking about Bernadeschi being sold today being sold for Rakitic. I think that Juve this summer screwed up big time. I really think, I think their Mercato started out unbelievable. Delict, Demiral, all these players that they got, Ramsey, Rabiot, very good. Number one, they didn't get a world-class center midfielder. I still believe that they didn't, and they're going to pay for that, in my opinion. Debik, Pogba, a really good box-to-box midfielder. I think that they're really lacking. And number two, with the sales, Manzukic, they've been trying to get sold. They can't sell the guy. They, they were trying to sell any player under the sun. Um, Iguain, they were looking to sell. Matuidi. Matuidi. Any, they were trying to sell so many players, and I think that teams either didn't want them or they were refusing to leave. Um, even Emmer Chan was thinking about being sold. I think that Paratici had a really bad mercato in the sales, and Juventus paid big time with who they need to go. So maybe yep. they were forced. They said, listen, Dybala, he's the only guy that we're going to be able to get some big money for. If we don't do him, we're risking with FFP maybe. So I think that that was where the Dybala one goes. But now it's a case of, listen, if Higuain keeps scoring, is he is Dybala going to play the false number nine 
which we've only seen him play at really Palermo, and he can even play there. I know that Sadi has said that he could play there, but big no, question if we, marks. If Higuain struggles, I think uh, since Mandzukic, uh, since Mandzukic is still on the team, I probably be, he will be the center forward. Or what they can do is they can put Ronaldo as a center forward, and now they can create space for Cuadrado, Bernadeschi, Douglas Costa, and the ball on the wings. And the wingers, yeah, yeah. It's a strange one. It's a good problem for Juve to have with all yeah. that, but still. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they, I mean, at the end, they're going to be okay, you know, the, because they, they have all this talent uh, on the bench. It'd be a problem if they didn't have anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's going to be, it, I'm, I'm, ha I'm very happy that Dybala ended up staying. I think it would have been a disgrace to, for him to leave. And I do agree. I think that the, for, for Sadi in his first press conference to say that Dybala, Douglas Costa, and Ronaldo are the three players that you need to have inside of a squad, I, I mean, to me, that right. seemed like a clear signal of right. these guys are going to be important for right. me. Right, you right, You know, you know where to play And, that. you know, that, that's a little bit of the, the communication between Sari and the top management. You know, they're not talking the same language where in Inter, like I said before, they're all talking the same language. So they have to need, they, they need to strain this out. Yeah. Maybe they saw that they said, listen, Sadi, be quiet next yeah. time. Because since then, you haven't uh, heard him sound. I, I, think, I think what happened to tell you the truth is uh, that uh, Nedved, Agnelli, and Paradis, they gave him uh, a pneumonia to Sari and say, okay, you're going to stay in, <laughs> you're not even going to be on the bench. <laughs> yeah, they, Remember, remember, Pirlo used to say in his in his book Gattuso when he used to stab the, the yeah. guys with the fork. He said, oh, it was a muscle, it was a muscle problem just to yeah. to put it uh, to yeah. put it on the side. Yeah, right. Uh, that he's going through a, a training course of how uh, of how they gotta speak. <laughs> after. So he uh, better learn quickly <laughs> if he wants to get rid of. Uh, otherwise, they they're gonna give him water pills instead of antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Champions League groups before we end um, I'm sure you saw but um, I don't know we, we Michael and I have commented but Dad, yeah, I don't think you did uh, at, Group C is Atalanta Dinamo Zagreb Manchester City and Shakhtar Donetsk how do you feel about that? Well, the way I saw Atalanta yesterday <laughs> <laughs> they're not going too far don't base it off that though. what do you think? Uh, I don't know very very tough very tough I mean you got no chance with uh, Manchester City they already got the first place. Yeah, yeah they, they got no chance there. Fighting for second. Um, fighting for second by Shakhtar. I think Shakhtar in the, you know, in the, in the, in the past, there. they're always there. They've always done well. Very, very <laughs> tough. But they, I they, mean, they do have a chance. It could have been a lot worse. This is a group true. that they actually have a chance. Give me something positive, Gaetano, to say for the Vero Gamaski uh, watching this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the I only like thing is, I, I see is uh, Zapata. Okay. What they a score. Uh, they score. What a player! Yeah, I mean, the, no, the guy, true. the guy is the the goals that he scored, and yesterday, what a player! World class goals. So, hopefully, yeah, hopefully he, he can come Napoli. through. Napoli, can you imagine if Napoli kept him? Because they had Zapata. They used to That's have true. him. And they loaned him out to. And he's uh, he would have looked like a great center forward for yeah. them right now. Yeah, Even that, better than Icardi. Yeah, that's point. what they looked. That's what they needed. Group D: Atletico, Bayer Leverkusen, Lokomotiv Moscow, and Juventus. By the way, wait, so who are you saying? Manchester City and who's coming in second? Are you saying Shakhtar or are you saying Atalanta? Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going for Atalanta. Right, now so, who are you going for? Predict. You know, so I'll, I'll predict Atalanta. Okay, we all say the same thing then. Okay, Atletico, Bayer Leverkusen, Juventus, Lokomotiv, Moscow. Uh, Juventus should be able to, to be uh, the top team on that, on that group. Atletico look good, though. Atletico look very good this season. Joao Felix again. He scored. Uh, I saw. Oh, I watched this guy game. is what a great player. Yeah, good, right? 
Well, the, the two of them, the Atletico and Juventus, should be able to go to the next round. Yeah, I think. But so what too. a player this uh, this guy is! Huge money, but it looks like wow. it's spent well. Yeah, but he's uh, he's the real thing, he and he's like got character. He's nineteen. Yeah, he's nineteen. Yeah, I saw him play here. Wow. He seems humble too. So. Nah, he seems good. I mean, his positioning is good, his skill is good, and he's yeah. got the personality. Kind of reminds me of like how Mbappe is, where like they don't get scared in like these big games. Like I never see Joao Felix. He's not yeah. scared to take on his man. Even some of the best defenders, I see him. He's, he's like, I got the skill. Yeah. He nutmegged one of those guys the other day. I was like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you know, he's got some skills. No, Atletico look really nice. I think they have a really good team. Uh, Group E, Jenk, Liverpool, Napoli, and Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, Napoli and Liverpool. Who's first? In that order? Uh, no, no, no. Liverpool first. <laughs> no, yeah. no. <laughs> I, Napoli, Napoli finally didn't get screwed in the Champions League group. Remember last year they were with Liverpool, PSG, oh, yeah. and they, they, they got were tied bit, on points. They got a little bit but It seems group. like with this Liverpool, what's going yeah, on with them and Liverpool? Them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, last group, um, Barcelona, Dortmund, Inter, and Slavia Praga. This is a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough Very tough. <laughs> Very tough. But... Uh, Barcelona and Inter in that order should be able to go through. I think so, too. I, yeah, we agreed on, uh, I think all of them, uh, we all got the same yeah. thing. All of our teams should be able to go through. Yeah, the one it's that uh, risks the most is Atalanta. Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree. And I think that Dortmund, Dortmund is going to be difficult, but I think that Inter will be able to... They have what to, it takes. Yeah, they should be able to... Edge to them. Barcelona, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat Barcelona again like they did last year. They tied yeah. with them at home, which was good. They, they, no, they tied. Oh, they tied? They, yeah, they, they tied, tied with them when, yeah. when Icardi scored last yeah. second? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. But they should be able to to beat Dorman. Um, and that's it, guys. That's it. That's Another it. hour for the uh, to close the mercato. Oh yeah, that's right. right? <laughs> I think there's an hour left. That's right. I, I think we so. know basically every deal that's getting done. Though. You think it, anything else could happen in the last hour? Not crazy. I don't think anything crazy. No. Though, right? <laughs> what do you think? I, I I would think that Neymar is something. Some, something, yeah. something I, I can't that, see him have. There'd be there'd be a lot of such a huge him. move. Yeah, that's, that's too like big. 160 that's mil. You could believe 160 million plus Dembélé plus. Uh, that's too big for it to that, uh, the defender that they were that they were talking about. All for this. Navas went to uh, PSG also. Yeah, Navas went to PSG. Keylor Navas, Navas from Real Madrid, the goalkeeper. Oh, he yeah. One of your surprising and that. Ariola went to Real Madrid. Yeah. And went, they, that was a big move today. They did a swap. Yeah. Because this guy, I mean, even Real Madrid, they tied yesterday. I don't know if you saw. Mm, they yeah, tied yesterday. Right. And Bell scored that's two right. goals and he got sent off. Um, what a match. Bell? Yeah, yeah. Two goals and he got sent off. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they don't know. Uh, they, don't look, they don't look the sharpest right now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, good, good week again for Serie A. Very, very exciting. Um, some unfortunate things, some better things, but I think now we got an international break. Yeah, By the way, Mancini didn't call up Keane and Zaniolo. We forgot to say that. And he just said like a little while ago, he said that um, they need to act as professionals because uh, we know that they had an issue with the U21s. He said that this, that not calling them up is going to help their career more than calling them up would help their career. Yeah. They got to grow uh, up a little bit. And yeah. I heard also Totti commenting on Zaniolo and he also said, uh, he's got to grow up and he's got to keep his feet on the ground and uh, you're not uh, anyone if you only play uh, 10 games and you're good in 10 games. It's difficult for young players today. There's so many temptations. There's so much. You have one good game. You're linked with a move to Real Madrid. Social media. I mean, Zaniolo, Zaniolo played good against Real Madrid. All of a sudden, uh, Real Madrid directors are meeting with him. His first Champions League match, they were already saying, you know, you're going to Real Madrid. Yeah, so it's, crazy. it's hard, and you're seeing that every day. You that's, have to where, show. Uh, that's where the club comes in. That's where the coach comes in. That's where the top management comes in. To Having keep, guys like Zanetti, Nedved. Yeah, right, to keep these guys uh, the feet on, on the ground. Right. Mm-hmm. 
It's yeah. true. It's true, yeah. But I think I it's mean, if you got uh, Totti coming to you and talking to you, you know, that, that helps for a, a young player, you know. Because you know he was in your position. Right. That, 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 that means a lot. And Totti broke when he was, you know, 16 years old. He's uh, right. even younger than uh, where Zaniolo is. But I think it is difficult. And I, I guess, you know, I don't know. We don't know the whole story with Zaniolo and, uh, and Keane, but it's probably true. If Mancini came out and said it like that, and Mancini's a little bit of a hard ass too. Uh, but then if Totti said that about Zaniolo, but listen, they, they're both talented players. They're both going to do the thing. I know Keane and Cutrona, they played against each other this weekend. Uh, neither of them scored, but hopefully they do good. By anyway. The, by the way, I met uh, Mancini and Andrea Mancini, the oh, son really? oh, and nice. in Firenze. They were at the game? Yeah, they were at the game. And uh, as you know, Andrea played for the New York Cosmos. Oh, yeah. And now he's working for Fiorentina because Joe Barone knew him. So I said hello to Andrea, who when he was in New York, we were in touch. Uh, when he was traveling, he always called me. So I went to set a law. He introduced me to his father, which I met him before. So we we spoke a few minutes. Nice. Seemed nice. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Nice. Hopefully the guy does yeah. something for us. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully he's the person. So far, he's been doing very good with Azzurri for sure. So. With Mancini's son there, we're gonna say I'm thinking who who's from Fiorentina, who's young and Italian from Fiorentina that's gonna get the call up wow. to uh, to Italy. But this his dad's gonna say, oh listen, we got this guy over here. I don't think there's that many players. Oh, look, Rebic, official right now. Milan uh, Milan just said it. Beautiful. Um, guys, as always, thank you so much for watching. Subscribe, rate the podcast, follow our Instagram stories. we got a couple of videos of Antonio. He's going around body, talking to the big... You, that, you see how mad he gets when uh, when the guys don't like Casano? The people... he And I love... The thing about Antonio is he tells the guy, he puts words into the person's head. He's like, oh, it's Cassano's wife that doesn't want to, that made him not donate money to uh, to body and all this stuff. And then some people push back. They're like, no, you know, Cassano's also Try to Paul. make him the hero or something, right? All the time. All the time. So follow our Instagram, 9-9-19, September 9th, 2019, uh, Monday, the drop, the flags, the shirts, and the mugs. Put post notifications on, guys, so you don't miss out. They should go quick. Rate the podcast, as always. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk to you soon. Ciao, Ciao guys. guys.